0: Everybody needs good neighbours. With a little understanding you can find the perfect blend. Neighbours
1: should be there for one another. That's when good neighbours become good friends.
0: The survival
1: lab. Oh, hello. Hello. And welcome to the Survival Lab. This is week, uh, episode 15, 1-5. Yep. 1-5. One five. One five. We are back in a lockdown situation.
0: And yeah, this is our first, I was going to say long distance podcast, but we're not that far away from each other.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're far, far enough away from each other that we, we can't use, you know, the old string and can.
0: We need a very long string
1: yeah so we're actually using uh, the wi-fi we
0: are and the zoom
1: and the zoom it's not as much fun zooming you
0: (laughs) (laughs) not when you make me
1: seeing you in real life
0: not when you make me a small little thumbnail (laughs) yeah you are just
1: a tiny (laughs) thumbnail in my giant screen
0: So they were the lyrics
1: uh, from uh, Neighbours, which was actually written by a chap called Barry Crocker. Did not know that. Well, that's the joy of, like, just staring at a computer and being able to just read things to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna sound oh really knowledgeable, name. but I'm not.
0: When we were at uni, um, Amy will tell you this. We used to watch neighbours twice a day sometimes. Oh my Same god. Same episode. Twice. Wow. Yeah.
1: Did you guys have like a bit of a study problem? Like you didn't
0: like we didn't want to study, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you both got really good degrees though,
0: didn't you? We got through it, we got through you it. Got somehow. through it. <laughs> <laughs> Had so much fun, obviously. And yeah, made well, some amazing friends. That's what uni's for. Not necessarily an yes. education. No. So this week, on that note, this week we are talking about Neighbours. We sure are. And as Sean said, we are now in lockdown version 2.
1: I like to call it lock, lockdown 2.0.
0: Lockdown 2.0, I'll go with that.
1: Um, <laughs> I like to think that lockdown 1 was sort of like a beta test and uh, right. this time around I'm going to be a lot better. I'm going I'm to put less weight on. I'm going to put less uh, stress on myself to achieve stuff and I'm going to try and drink less but uh, that's not happening today.
0: (laughs) I was just going to challenge you then because we were meant to be having a virtual meetup weren't we to do some exercise?
1: Yeah but I was in a meeting. Were you? And so were you.
0: I was actually.
1: (laughs) I was actually being interviewed by a charities consortium I mm. wanted some sound soundbite I wasn't sure what they were but apparently it's just me chatting about um my views on third sector art in in the area Ooh, that we live in cool I know I was like I don't know I've been furloughed you <laughs> <laughs> <I> do know So <laughs> no, I probably wasn't the most useful person to chat to <laughs> oh. not know I've been furloughed not been at work don't know
0: that was one of the things though that I was thinking I'm talking about neighbors um I was thinking like do you know what my neighbors are genuinely lovely Um, okay I'm really really happy to say that and one of the benefits from being in lockdown is that I've actually been able to get to know my neighbors more and see them more and it's really nice because I sit in my dining room working looking out the front window and just, like, wave to people as they go past. And that's become quite a nice thing. Do they enjoy that? They wave back. Okay, that's good. And, and actually, <laughs> sometimes, when I've tried to, like, get, take the dog for a walk, sometimes it takes ages because you're stopping to talk to so many people. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've got to get home now. Um, and I think what I was reflecting on about that was that, actually, it's really nice to have lovely neighbours. Because once, I had a bit of a nightmare neighbour. Oh, yeah. I did, and his name was Barry.
1: <gasps> did he happen to write the lyrics? <laughs>
0: i don't know (laughs) because if
1: he was such a bad neighbor where did he get his inspiration (laughs) from
0: well, Barry used to live over the road from a house that I used to live in, in like some like sheltered bungalow type things. Yeah, um, and every single time I left the house, including if I was in the like at the, in the back garden at the side of the house, yeah, he would run. He'd run outside and start shouting, Sarah, Sarah, and just like talk absolute nonsense at me. And um, I think the time that really finished it off was he once ran out of the house with a massive knife, laughing, oh my God, that's terrifying. Me I think I know I don't think he was in the best place at the time and he certainly enjoyed like the booze and the fags and stuff and the knives Um, apparently and I don't think his health is great he quite often liked to show me his full catheter um the bag full of And
1: how do you how do you even start that as a conversation start do you know what I mean I like a bit of show and tell but that's taking it too fast
0: so it was round his ankle, the bag was. So he'd just lift up his trousers and say, oh, this is a right paint. I'm like, oh, thanks, well, Barry. empty it then, Barry. Yeah, don't <laughs> just show me your bag full away. <laughs> um, and that house as well. We had some other, like, not the great best neighbours either. Um, next door, but one would have, like, these massive, massive parties. And everyone would refer to their daughter as princess. So the parents let like her have all these big parties. Uh, so we had really big gardens and stuff. So they'd all spill out into the garden. Um, and obviously being very loud lots of drunk people swearing and stuff and it like I could put up with it it's fine but my next door neighbours they'd get really upset by it they had little girls and yeah not the best and they've always oh, be really vile like if like my neighbors tried to challenge them about the noise they're yeah. always really mean and it's like they've got kids you know yeah. they have a little bit of understanding that's not cool tell me about your neighbor Sean well I'm gonna show off because
1: actually I've got some really lovely neighbors
0: yeah I know <laughs> <laughs>
1: a mutual friend of ours I mean you knew her first she was um, my friend first she was your friend first and she she will always be your bestest friend I know um, and it's because you've got matching socks
0: yes that you bought us well I felt that
1: you both should have stripy socks I love my stripy socks <laughs> Mike asked me if I was going to buy myself stripy socks so that we could all have stripy socks together and I was like no it's not my thing it's their thing
0: oh <laughs> you can have stripy socks with no, us no
1: no I no I don't feel comfortable thank okay. you though all right <laughs> I don't really I like I, I Actually, I'm wearing stripy socks right now, but they're, they're like monochrome. I don't like colourful, stripy feet.
0: Oh, I've got... Oh, mine are stripy. <gasps> I can show you. Hang on. One, two, three. Okay. Can you see
1: that? Oh, yeah. Well, they're very colourful. Mine are similar. Know... Hang on. Oh. But, but monochrome. You're monochrome. I'm we need colorful. to remember, ha- however, that this is a podcast. <laughs> and, and it's not a sock podcast.
0: I was going to start telling you then about how I actually knitted these socks myself. <laughs> Did you? I did. Oh my goodness. We digress again. We digress. So <laughs> sorry.
1: Where I live now, I have neighbors who have become wonderful friends. When we moved in, they were warm and welcoming. We enjoyed the <laughs> same music. We're the same age. They invited us to their wedding within months of knowing them. And we remain incredibly close today. <phone rings> Me was even a oh I shouldn't say a name, should I? Too late now. Oh, well I can edit that bit out. Maybe she I can maybe I can she put called. a beep. <gasps> do it I'll I'll try my editing skills uh, or I'll just have to (laughs) cut and paste and go beep
0: (laughs) yeah do a beep in your voice
1: was a bridesmaid of mine we are asked to babysit their lovely little one who is smart and as cute as a button and they absolutely adore our dog blim so we're very very lucky to have them and i will sabotage any attempts that they make to the move house mm. on the other side of us however because we live in a little terraced <laughs> house on the other side we have a chap who takes his religion very, very seriously. Sometimes Eardrums. at 5am And often late into the night He has a good, loud chant And it's often <laughs> in tongues So I can't listen in And work out what he's trying to say um, Don't forget about the music <laughs> And the music, yeah. yeah Yeah, the very loud religious rock Which sometimes he listens to in his car okay. And sometimes he listens to In his house
0: <laughs> Either way though, can you Either hear it? way,
1: it's really loud It's ear <laughs> eardrum damaging Like that guy is going to get to
0: Oh dear that's dangerous isn't it? I know
1: I don't think his god would want him to. <laughs> I'm
0: um, sure they wouldn't. Have
1: you got any other horrible neighbours stories?
0: Not personal to me but I have. I've that, got some more
1: personal ones to me can I tell so, you? That?
0: Have you? Yeah you can yeah. I think I just heard a firework sorry that's why I stopped what I was saying.
1: Uh, we don't use that word in my household. But You've yes. got your
0: headphones on so you oh, can't my, hear me.
1: That's okay you. that's all right I was gonna say because i triggering <laughs> to my dog. <laughs>
0: Lord, we, he's so clever. We call them whiz pops
1: <laughs> and sound yes. like middle class wankers. <laughs> Uh, um, if oh, he's starting to quiver, so I might have to take him upstairs. Mike's DJing, so I might put the dog upstairs. That would be sensible. Mike. One second, I'll be back. I'm gonna
0: leave a little message for Sean. Sean, you're awesome, man. I love rum that. and
1: bass, uh,
0: soothes Blim's fear of fireworks. Uh, were you singing to him on the way up?
1: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> 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 yes, I, I often sing to my dog, he never complains, wow. <laughs> other people do. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Right, tell me some more of your next story.
1: I lived in a flat with a narcissist ex-boyfriend in London. Hmm. Above our flat in Wimbledon, not far from where the Wombles wandered.
0: (laughs) I love a Womble.
1: (laughs) So we had these upstairs neighbours and they were lovely. It was a mother and her grown-up son and she would cook these amazing curries for us. And I felt a sense of family being around them, something I never felt when I was with this ex. So in contrast to that a flat I lived in in Manchester and I lived alone, my upstairs neighbor, did not give off uh, family vibes at all. He was what I would call a keen shagger. And he <laughs> hired sex workers most nights. And then he had loud and unrhythmical sex. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and the bed in this flat was bolted to the floor. So I couldn't like move my bedroom and my living room around. Like that was like, it was just terribly designed. And it was just impossible not to listen to the loud sex either. And the only time I ever had contact with him was on a hot summer's evening when he and a friend were discussing the difference between uh, bitches and hoes. And I became so enraged, I shouted up out of my window that they are both women both human, and that they should have some fucking respect. Uh, I moved not long after that, uh, mainly as a family of mice insisted on nesting in a pillow in my bed, uh, and I didn't have the heart to kill them.
0: Not the best place you've ever lived then?
1: Oh, God, no. I mean, I've lived in so many shitholes, but that was probably <laughs> the worst. Yeah.
0: Is, is that all your neighbour stories? They are
1: all my neighbour stories.
0: Great. Can I tell you a story about a nightmare neighbour? Yes, please. Okay. Okay. So, I have a story about the ultimate nightmare neighbour. My story is about Stephen Law, who's been described as Britain's worst neighbour, who at the age of 59 was jailed for a fourth time after he battered a mother with a stair banister in a 20 year campaign of terror. With a
1: stair banister? Now, I always get confused about banisters and balusters.
0: I think they the mean you know, one. the spindly bit. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, so And locals celebrated this sentencing with a street party. So, that tells you a bit about. Wow,
1: nobody liked him.
0: No, oh my god! Imagine
1: going down and then finding out that all your whole street had a fucking party (laughs) because you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's That's got to be a well wake up call, hasn't it? I don't think it was, you know. (laughs) Um, so Stephen Lawson was from Tow Law, County D- Durham And he has a rap sheet that includes um, The clobbering of a young mum over the head With the spindle from the stair banister Door being a neighbour's windows with black paint So he couldn't see out Yeah, he painted their windows with black paint Not <laughs> even the blitz No, I know um, he made, He's made bogus 909 calls about residents And he plays recordings of dogs barking To irritate his neighbours He
1: hasn't even got his own badly behaved dog <laughs>
0: And he's also sat outside his home for 16-hour stretches to guard his parking space and oh. posted bizarre messages in his front window. What a wanker. I know, right? So neighbours claim that he has not had a job for years and lived off handouts. Um, and a childhood friend of Lawson from Newton-Eycliffe County Durham said, Stephen had a sense of entitlement from his earliest days. He's never worked a day in his life. So apparently, locals said that he would stick bizarre notices on his windows, slamming liars and hypocrite. And he first fell law- foul of the law in 1996 when he was convicted of criminal damage while living in Shildon. He was convicted of This criminal damage after police put him under surveillance in Darlington while he was living in a town called Children. And officers recorded him harassing an 87-year-old widow who was unable to leave her house due to health problems. And neighbours also complained about him damaging their cars and slashing tyres. Oh my God. So he told the court at this time that his neighbours, who appeared as witnesses, were lying and that he was the victim of a hate campaign. Then in 1998, when living in Darlington, he assaulted 32-year-old Tanya Cleave and was sent to prison. So Ms Cleave, who is now a barmaid, called him Britain's worst neighbour. She's now 52 years old and said he's Britain's worst neighbour. It doesn't surprise me that he's locked up again. I hope he never gets out of jail. He used to go around slashing car tyres and covering windows with paint. He would play really loud sounds like dogs barking and clock noises through the wall. One day, her six-year-old son was playing outside and he started shouting at him. So she stood up to him and that's when he hit her with the banister (gasps) spindle. She said he took... I know, he tortured us for months with his behavior. And she was sure that he'd follow her too, um, as he'd tell her where he'd been and what she was wearing. Yeah, she said the whole street. So creepy. Yeah, the whole street was terrified of him. He was really scary, and she still has a scarf where he hit her. So he went to prison for that. But then he was only out for a month. When in 1999 he was convicted again, this time for threatening a female neighbour, and he also repeatedly played loud music and banged on their adjoining walls. Um, So he ended up being banned from Darlington, and the prosecution dubbed him an obsessive neighbour from hell. So he moved to Tao Law, which was 20 miles away, where he was seen on CCTV. I've seen this. Throwing rubbish into his landlord's shed before sticking his fingers up to the camera. No. <laughs> this this video's online, are there? Um, John Smith, who's 81, rented out a farm bungalow to Lawson in 2014. And he says that he was like the devil possessed. He would release farm stock and damage machinery. <gasps> worst tenant ever. And he would shout abuse at us daily. Oh,
1: my um, God.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Does he not realise that he's renting?
0: <laughs> Apparently not. What an um, idiot. And they said that he'd get up at 7am and take a chair to the front. Of his house and stay there until 11 pm to make sure no one parked in front of his house. If they did, he'd hit the cars with his stick and shout at them. And he also carried a hammer in a plastic bag and seemed to really enjoy intimidating people. That's
1: pretty creepy. I mean, I'm imagining like a Tesco's bag.
0: Oh, I would have thought so. So yeah. the Newton Eycliffe magistrates gave Lawson a criminal behaviour order after he was found guilty of creeping round Stephen's um, home at night and shoveling mud and rubbish over his fence. Um, so this order banned him from intimidating, harassing, or contacting Stephen but but he didn't stop doing it he no. just didn't get it no. so then he was given a suspended sentence however he still didn't stop with his behavior and after breaching the order a second time he was given the 18 month sentence. Oh, that's the prison is uh, faring for him. Oh I think he um, yeah I don't think he thinks he should be there so the prosecution described Lawson as a thoroughly disagreeable character he was no consideration for the well-being of his fellow man and judge Christopher Prince said you accept no responsibility for your behaviour, show no indication of your intention to change, and have demonstrated no remorse whatsoever. So Lawson's front window still bears messages he'd put up to name and shame anyone who dared stand up to him. They include um, British justice, question mark, liar's law and legalised bully, and bully supporters are cowards and hypocrites who take turns using lonely brain cell. I don't know what that means. So yeah, basically the whole neighbourhood celebrated him being arrested, and his reign of ending and they were really happy because when it happened it was just in time for Christmas
1: oh what a gift
0: and my sources were the Daily Mail Daily Mirror and the Metro
1: well I don't approve of you using the Daily Mail but
0: I don't either but it gave me the information for that (laughs) horrendous but what do you think of him though and his behaviour
1: I think he sounds like he's got some some serious problems didn't
0: you say you had something on him I think
1: he sounds like a psychopath
0: ooh tell me more Uh,
1: so I, uh, I did a bit of research on whether your neighbors might be psychopaths or not, because it's something that scares me, and I think a lot of people is what happens if you move in next door to a psychopath. <gasps> and I read a lot of threads on Reddit about <laughs> my neighbors trying to kill me. My oh my god! My neighbor tried to run me over. You know, like a lot of people are reaching out. So it's obviously a problem. Yeah. So <clears throat> here we go. Signs your neighbor is a psychopath. Guess what, Sarah? One what? out of every twenty-five individuals is a psychopath Ooh. But not all of them, you'll be pleased to know, are crazed killers. Being a psychopath is more of a spectrum, and folks display different levels of intensity. Most are not intense killers like killer poster boy Patrick Bateman, uh, Christian Bale from American Psycho, which is one of my favourite films. Psychopathic tendencies are extremely complex and often hard to identify. Many of the extremely powerful CEOs in the world are on the sliding bar of psychopathy, and I guess that helps because then you can make ruthless decisions and put profit Ooh. over welfare and lies. Lives, not lies. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about your boss as a psychopath. We're going to save that for another episode. We're talking Mm. about your neighbours. So here are five red flags that you might want to look out for. One, is your neighbour actively campaigning for your sympathies whilst causing pain to you personally or others? Two. That
0: sounds like Barry.
1: Yeah, it did sound like Barry.
0: Yeah. Ooh.
1: Two you're, you, you find yourself In a niche With your neighbour And your neighbour Is able to wield Control over the group They can flit Between charming To sulky If things don't Go their way Number three Does your neighbour Enjoy frightening A few people On the street Or stealing from <sighs> them Or maybe Creating situations To make their neighbours Feel bad uh, Number four Is your neighbour Shallow in their Emotional range <coughs> Maybe A certain Callousness Maybe yeah. no yeah. Grace of empathy or genuine interest in bonding emotionally. Is their marriage one sided? Uh, do they view their partner as a possession rather than a person?
0: Oh, that is definitely a red flag.
1: That is a very big red flag. Um, if com- Number five, if confronted with criticism or evidence of wrongdoing, your neighbour, if they're a psychopath, will plainly and simply say, I never did that, and they will believe their own lie. Whereas mm. Shaggy would say, wasn't me. <laughs> Um, so then I've also got some, because uh, you can't, I don't want people just going out into the world and um, convinced that their neighbours are psychopaths mm. because sometimes your neighbour is just a dick.
0: Yeah, true. So here
1: we have five uh, non-psychopath behaviours which are just antisocial dick behaviour. Number one, engaging in so- antisocial behaviour such as loud regular parties, loud mm. music, audible sex and loud religious activities.
0: <laughs> Did you add that one in just for you?
1: I wrote all <laughs> of these. (laughs) number two being a scruff and leaving the bins to overflow fly tipping over fences and uh, not managing the land on their property and encouraging rats and rodents to the area. That's not that's not the behavior of necessarily a necessarily psychopath. That's just crap neighboring.
0: Absolutely.
1: Number 3, being overly interested in your life and watching your property.
0: Mm.
1: That's bad neighboring. That is. I had a neighbor years ago when I lived in Hume and uh she she encroached on my life not in a horrible way but in a sort of tiring way. Mm. She would critique my road crossing skills on a daily basis. Oh my god. Number 4, borrowing stuff and not returning it or returning it broken. Oh, that's bad. That's really bad. Mm. And number 5 having unruly children or aggressive or uncontrollable animals
0: Mm.
1: they are not good neighbor skills -uh. but yet they are my tips on neighboring
0: excellent now we've both got a story each left who's gonna go next
1: why don't you go next yeah i'm excited so
0: are you i'm always excited i know it's really nice (laughs) (laughs) So I told you a story about a nightmare neighbour. Mm-hmm. Well, I also found out about a family of, a whole family, sorry, of nightmare neighbours. <gasps> a whole family. Wow. So this is from the Daily, this is taken directly from the Daily Record. Um, so it is an, a, they're a, described as a heavily tattooed boozy family who have a stack of previous convictions and they've been compared to the lawless Gallaghers in the Channel 4 drama Shameless. Oh my
1: goodness. <sighs>
0: Um, So the family from hell's auntie, Teresa Cole, told the Sunday people... They are feral scumbags, scum of the earth, and I hate them with a passion. They are animals. Wow. And she was, de- she was delighted that they were behind bars. And she said, Merry Christmas to them all. Another delighted neighbour said, the Selwoods, who are this awful family, are a total nightmare. We can finally enjoy the festive season now they are banged up. So, who are the Selwoods? They are notorious in their hometown of Tunbridge, Kent, um, where the three brothers roam around shirtless, clutching stel- Kansas Stella and starting fights. <laughs> I know right so I'm gutted I'm not their neighbor they <laughs> sound delightful so Darren is 34 is the latest to be jailed and he got 15 months for stabbing a pal who asked to share his steak dinner oh you don't can't, ask him no, sure
1: you can't stab someone for asking to share your steak dinner but on the other hand who asks to share a steak
0: dinner Uh, I remember that the first time that Stephen came to stay with me here in Manchester and we went to the market and there was like all all this like wonderful food and stuff on and I suggested sharing (laughs) I thought he was gonna stab me (laughs) he now understands that sharing's good because you get to try more of the different foods sure you know rather than just having one dish you can go to another stall. yeah we got past that I don't Uh, share food
1: but I'm happy to eat other people's food (laughs)
0: <laughs> um So Lee was 31, was jailed along with his mum Leslie, who's 53, for their latest public affray convictions, and they were sent down for 19 months. Then there's Jason, 33, is serving six years for blowing up a bank cash machine with gas canisters and stealing 19,000 pounds. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> and uh, and then there's the daughter kelly 29 who has an assault conviction for drenching a neighbor with toilet duct cleaner <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> and, kelly and she's the only member of the family who's not behind bars right um, so the oldest brother was darren and he's the one um who flipped when his pal said give us a bit of steak so apparently darren replied and said no but you can have this instead and then stabbed him in the stomach the friend, I know, the friend survived and Darren, who was 17 previous convictions for 27 offences, admitted of lawful wounding at Maidstone Crown Court. Now,
1: do you know what His- my mum would say to this? She would say to Darren's friend, Darren isn't your friend. <laughs>
0: I would say that too. And he's not the kind of person you want to be friends with. Um, No, he stamps you. Well, listen to this. His longest prison sentence was five and a half years, and that was for grievous bodily harm in 2008, after he stamped on a man's head at a party three days before Christmas, causing brain damage. In 2014, Darren knocked out a teenage girl clubber, fracturing (gasps) her eye socket at a night spot in Tunbridge Wells, and he was in prison for three years for this. In 2013, he was jailed for a fray with younger brother Lee, a mum Leslie, after teaming up to attack a neighbour, Leslie brandished Trump this is mum. This is the mum. Okay. She brandished a trampoline pole during the attack which was sparked after a car was torched in Chatham, Kent um, and when he was in court he pointed to the judge and said, aren't you going to lock a woman up? So he's basically blaming his mum. Wow. Um, I kind so,
1: of blame his mum a little bit as well. Yeah, so
0: mum Leslie and brother Lee have since re-offended and are back inside um, and they were sent down a um, fortnight before this article for fighting in public. Leslie got six months for a fray and her son was given three 13 months for a fray and racially aggravated harassment. They sound like wonderful people. Yeah. A day before the sentencing at Canterbury County Court, Lee posted on Facebook, sentencing tomorrow, looking at two years, if no one hears from me, I'm locked up. I'm under a lot of stress. And then a friend replied to this comment saying, don't worry, if you're given two, you'll be out before Christmas next year.
1: Well, and then maybe try not to, you
0: know. It's so normalised. Yeah. Um, but local people posted messages of delight after the latest jail stretches were handed down. And one wrote, please, for the love of God and plain old justice, throw the key away. Um, so they call them the Selwood tribe and the whole Selwood tribe is in prison now. They remind me of the family from the Hills of Eyes. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah wow. um, So apparently They've been in and out of prison And causing issues Their entire lives um, But Lee's sister Kelly So this is the daughter Says her family Were being treated unfairly She is a mum of three was convicted of a fray Over a 2013 neighbour attack Alongside her mum and brothers She said it's really hard They aren't even allowed To have presents <laughs> They should be cut some slack It's Christmas um, But most people Haven't got any Sympathy for them Because no. they are Quite horrendous as people um, I'm
1: I'm finding it hard to find sympathy. Yeah.
0: So one neighbour said that they slashed our tyres and smashed bricks through our window for no reason. They had to board planks over the windows to stop the bricks coming in. So yeah, I just don't have any pity for them at all. I am all.
1: really glad that they're not my neighbours.
0: Yeah. And I'm really too. glad that they're
1: not my prison neighbours as well.
0: So even the taxi drivers won't pick them up. That's how bad they are. <laughs> they are bad news. That's got to be
1: pretty bad. Well, I have a story for for you, mm-hmm. um, and it's called cool. the Lambeth Slavery Case, mm. and I got it from Wikipedia and a BBC documentary called The Cult Next Door. Cult, you know, I love yeah. a good cult. I really, enjoy, <laughs> I really enjoy a cult story. I know
0: you do, and that's why you're trying to start your own cult all the time. <laughs>
1: I'm not trying to start my own cult. <laughs> Maybe you're already already in it, Sarah.
0: I feel like I would be one of the first members of your cult. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On the twenty-first of November, twenty thirteen, the Metropolitan Police and the Human Trafficking Unit arrested two suspects at a residential address in Lambeth, South London. A seventy-three-year-old man named Aravanda Balkarashni, or something like that. He was a 67 year old and his 67 year old wife. Chanda Patney. Neighbours had no idea and only found out about it when they read were reading the newspapers that they had been living next door to the cult called the Workers' Institute of Maxim Lenism Mao Zenogod Thought Commune.
0: That is a big, big name of a cult.
1: Yeah. Now, I know people will joke that I'm going to start a cult, but if I was to start a cult, it wouldn't be such a mess. So
0: what's your cult called, Sean?
1: I need to work on that. <laughs> yeah, you do. But it would be a better name than that Yeah you couldn't spell that Hell no I could barely (laughs) read it (laughs) (laughs) So in the early 80s after Mm -hmm. police raids um so actually you know this guy Balakarashani. we're just Mm going to call him bala Mm -hmm. um because later on people from his cult calls call him comrade bala so we're just going to call him bala we're not going to call him comrade bala so bala decided to move the group's activities underground uh his control over his followers intensified and the commune became a prison. On the 25th of October, 2013, three women were rescued from the commune. I'm going to say cult. They were a 69-year-old Malaysian woman called Aisha, a 57-year-old Irish woman called Josie, and a 30-year-old British woman uh, called Katie. Katie was born into the sect and hadn't experienced life outside the world. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, in 1974, Balor and his small clique were expelled from the Communist Party of England, which is a Marxist-Lenin um, branch, on account of their controversial activities and spreading social fascism and slander against the party. And they were also putting themselves above the discipline of the party. Mm. Eventually... After the more liberal members of his group drifted away and a cult of around 10 female members formed around him the collective moved to brixton in 1976 under the title of the working institute of marxism marxism leninism mao zengod thought a commune collective of 13 comrades it's a really long name really so- long With 13 members living on the premises, half in paid work, six doing full-time revolutionary work, And a strong Mm -hmm. emphasis on women taking the leading roles, apart from um, Bala, because he was like the head. Members were handed a rota of chores, and they were only allowed to go out in pairs, which Bala claimed was because it was a very dangerous area they lived in. I think it's more of a control thing. Me too. Following many police raids on the Workers' Institute, they went underground. And the remaining members convinced to end all contact with others and their families. And they started to live in intense secrecy. And this is where it starts to get even weirder.
0: Bala I thought it might. Yeah, he
1: always does. Bala convinced his followers that everything was controlled by him. From the sun to the moon, winds and fire, he could overthrow governments, control natural disasters, and make people live or die. Bala invented this idea of Jackie which is Jehovah, Allah, Christ, Krishna and immortal Ezraṇa is a type of mystical Machine at, that is also invisible. Okay. And yeah, using yeah. Jackie Bala could control everything. Very important if you're going to have a almighty machine that it is invisible, especially if you're living in a small house in London. Because where would yes. you store such a machine? True, it's got to be invisible. It needs to be invisible. It just needs. Bala began sexually abusing two women in 1979 often physically beating them and making the others watch as he did so. Oh, my God. And four, not including his wife, was said to have been sexually assaulted or engaged, and this is going to make you chunder, it's going to, or engaged with sexual relations with him. Bala orally raped the women, saying his ejaculation was the axilla of life. Oh,
0: oh. Elixir of life. That's yeah. disgusting. Elixir of life. Ugh. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, that is. Chop it off. That's disgusting. File. Chop it off. I wish you were a judge. <laughs> Me too.
1: (laughs) No, I'm sorry, sir. You've you've taken everything far too far. We're gonna have to just chop it off.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's the only answer.
1: So, we're going to chat quickly about his victims. There were a lot of okay. them, uh, but this will sort of explain a little bit more about the horror that was next door. Katie Morgan Davies, Davis, sorry, was born in 1983, similar age to us. Mm. She was originally named Prem Moi Padinas mm. Davis, which translates to Love Revolution Davis. Mm. She is the biological daughter of Bala and a woman named Sean Davis. A victim of the cult. And she was brought up entirely isolated from the outside world. She did not know who her parents were. She was not hugged or comforted (gasps) as a child.
0: Oh my god. The only
1: person who could touch her and comfort her was Bala. She was (sighs) not educated in school. Yeah, she had a really isolating upbringing.
0: That's horrendous.
1: Sean Davis joined the cult in the early 80s. She was an intelligent woman. He'd gone to a mm-hmm. private girl's school, gone to university. Uh, so she ended up in the cult after joining the commune originally. She had a sexual relationship with Bala and on Christmas Eve, nineteen ninety six, Katie, remember, who didn't know that was her mum, remembered seeing Sean bound and gagged on the living room floor, trying um, because she tried to escape. Later, she said that she fell out of the top floor bathroom window and was taken to hospital. She went into and she went into a coma, and she died eight months later.
0: Oh, that's awful. Her Poor baby. family
1: were told that she'd gone to India to do charity work.
0: Oh, I just want to, not to stop you, sorry, but I just think there's an assumption with people who are doing cults that there's something about them that makes them join the cult, but it's not. It's not.
1: And mm-hmm. um, I remember watching it, I can't remember what the documentary was called, but it was about the fact that cults are geared to try and get more, inte- you know, the higher intelligent people to join. Yeah, like They have whole systems.
0: It's the ultimate in manipulation and brainwashing. Yeah, you know, it's if you've ended up in a cult, that is not your fault. It's, it's not, not you. your fault.
1: No, you were any, groomed. Mm. Yeah, you've been it's taken bad You've been groomed. Yeah, totally. None of these women deserved what happened to them.
0: No, 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 no. no.
1: Um. So yeah, she was told that they she'd gone to India to do charity work. At the time of Sean's death, uh, death, her daughter, Katie, didn't know that she was her mother. That's tragic. Aisha moved to the United Kingdom at the age of 24 to study to become, oh, I think it was a quantity surveyor she'd studied to become. Ooh. She joined the group. Aisha was reportedly so drawn in by Bala's Marxism rhetoric that she left her fiancé and moved in with the Collective. So he had something about him that could. Mm. Another uh, lady from Malaysia, Eng, she followed uh, Bala from the early 70s. She was hit on the head by a cupboard in 2001 and suffered a stroke. No medical treatment was allowed
0: in the oh, commune. No. She
1: died the next day. Oh, bless her. Josie was a violinist studying at the Royal College of Music before she joined the group. She was from Ireland originally. Josie secretly phoned a helpline after memorising the number from the television programme because she noticed that Katie was rapidly losing weight and she wanted to get medical intervention. It was Mm. because Katie had undiagnosed um, diabetes. Oh, dear. So even though Josie got everyone out... Mm. She still publicly, denounced, publicly denounces that Bala uh, publicly denounces Bala's sentencing, claiming that he was framed by the state. So it just shows how deep the indoctrination mm. went. Mm-hmm. On the 11th of December 2014, it emerged that Bala had been charged with offenses relating to cruelty to persons under 16, four counts of rape, 17 counts of indecent assault. Balor appeared before Westminster Magistrates on the 17th of December 2014. His wife, Chanda, was released in early 2014, considered there was insignificant evidence for a realistic prospect of a conviction. During his trial, he acted as the only defense witness and told jurors that a challenge to his leadership had resulted in the 1986 Space Shuttle Challenger disaster. Okay. And that Jackie, the invisible computer, Mm -hmm. was responsible for the death of Malaysian Prime Ministers and was responsible for the election of Jeremy Corbyn as leader of the Labour Party.
0: Okay, all right. That was all
1: Jackie's doing.
0: It's all Jackie, (laughs) goddamn Jackie.
1: (laughs) Bloody invisible computers. (laughs) On the 4th of December 2015, Bala was convicted of child cruelty, false imprisonment, Four counts of rape, six counts of indecent assault, and two counts of assault. On the 29th of January 2016, Bala was jailed for 23 years.
0: I was like, fuck for that.
1: Yeah, he's not getting out. Good. So, if you are in the UK, Mm -hmm. and you think that there might be a cult next door, or you think you might be in a cult, or you think your friends might be in a cult, you can call the Cult Information Centre on 07790, 753035 because of COVID they are only operating from 10am to 5pm on a Tuesday and a Wednesday
0: what's that number again just so I can make sure I get it right <laughs>
1: 7790
0: seven, <nine>, <laughs> I'll call them t- oh wait I can't call them till next week no you're not in a okay. cult <laughs> how will I know it's a podcast <laughs> not a cult <laughs> Okay so I have got some top tips for you Sean. Oh I do love a top tip. Me too. So my first set of um, tips are from problemneighbours.co.uk. Okay okay. So apparently it's always better to try the softly softly approach first. Instead of going in all guns blazing. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of hard, though, because like, imagine you've been kept awake all night. Yeah, and you've got you to the point of... where
1: you have to talk to your neighbour. Yeah,
0: yeah, you don't really feel like being nice at that point, no. do you? No. However, they number one tip is a gentle request. Ask the offending neighbour if you can have a quiet word with them and try to stay friendly. Okay. They may they may not realise that you could hear them chanting so loudly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> give them the benefit of the doubt and see if you can resolve any niggling issues without any bad feeling. okay number two if you feel intimidated by your neighbor you could always try writing a letter rather than speaking to them face to face and if you right. go onto this website which was problemneighbours.co.uk they've got some templates that you can use
1: that's really helpful
0: yeah. I mean of course some bad neighbors just don't care what they do um, and in this case you probably will not want to inflame the situation so you might want to try a different um, tactic to deal with a problem. But it's important to not suffer in silence because there are other avenues to go down for help. Okay. And uh, So number, tip number three is about mediation and involving other people. So most councils have a um, mediation service. Okay. Apparently, to try and mediate between neighbours. So you should try and um, find this service through your local council website or helpline. Yeah. Tip number four, keep a record of everything. Once things have escalated to the point where you can't resolve a dispute amicably, you need to start keeping evidence of why the neighbour's behaviour is bad enough to warrant further action or mediation. Make a note of every incident that bothers you. Noise, mess, antisocial behaviour and anything you think should be included. Photographs, videos, anything that proves your case will be useful. Um, But it does say be careful taking pictures of people because this could inflame the situation. Well, yeah. Yeah, and if you like, right, if you do send any letters to your neighbours, keep a copy. Um, Tip number five is about environmental health. So they should be your first port of call if you can't resolve things amicably because they've got policies and procedures in place to help you deal with problem neighbours. Okay. Last tip is about legal help. So some house insurance policies include free legal advice services. So you should check your own house insurance policy. Um, I didn't know that. So, whew, I had a bit of a shiver then. That was weird. Ooh, paranormal. Did you see that one? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, I found as well some advice from Lambrook's solicitors on lockdown yeah. by Neighbours, which I thought was kind of relevant
1: yeah very you know?
0: so as many of us are adapting to lockdown lifestyle working yep. from home or staying at home as much as possible so as many of us are adapting to lockdown lifestyle and working from home or staying home as much as possible this inevitably means spending more time around our neighbours while some communities have come together helping one another keeping in touch with group messages and chatting with neighbours others are feeling like a prisoner in their own home as they endure weeks on end with neighbours from home when moving to a new house it's difficult to understand what your neighbours will be like even and if you are lucky, someone new can always move onto your street. Those unfortunate enough to experience problems with the neighbours will understand how stressful it can be. Without work or socialising as an escape anymore, your patience may be put to the test during lockdown. So, tip number one is be understanding. It's important to realise that many people are struggling with their emotions during this difficult time. You or your neighbours may be stressed, have financial problems, be experiencing health issues or struggling with your mental health during lockdown. It's important that you act with respect and take into account your own situation and theirs before speaking to your neighbours or taking any action. You should ask yourself, are your neighbours really being unreasonable or are you reacting to a stressful situation? Many people are using this time to make home improvements and children are off school so remember that noise levels are likely to increase but at the same time it is not fair for your household to suffer Noise level issues with neighbours Many people suffer from their neighbours making noise This can be particularly stressful if they make noise at night Early in the morning, or if you work shifts or have young children that have their sleep disturbed, common complaints are loud music, parties, shouting, using power tools, or continuous dog barking. Like my my neighbour, you know, I think he tried them all, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, the best way to approach issues like this are to talk to your neighbour. They may not realise the noise that they're making can be heard through the walls. I reckon they fucking I reckon do. they can. Um, hopefully talking calmly with your neighbour will help them to be more considerate. However, be wary that not all people will take notice or be welcoming of a complaint. If the noise disruptions do not improve or your neighbours are not approachable, the next step would be to contact their landlord, housing association, local council, or the police. Neighbours breaking social distancing rules. Okay. I'm a bit uncomfortable with this. Do you remember how we've been encouraged to, like, grass neighbors? on your neighbours? Yeah, I'm not grassing on no one. I am not a fan of that. People are just trying to get by. Um, So this is about how those people that are pushing boundaries and breaking the rules and can risk us all spending longer in lockdown. So if you think your ra- neighbours are bending the rules or outright breaking them, there are ways of reporting them to your local authority. But please, please, please bear in mind that actually everyone's just trying to get by. Yeah. Do yeah you know are they really causing a problem yeah I think if if they were having large gatherings then i would be concerned because that's clearly flat in the guidance but if for their own well-being they're having a person round
1: well that's the thing you don't know that person might be in their support bubble
0: exactly don't judge um so another thing that they highlight is about parking and boundary disputes Another common issue between neighbours is access and boundaries. In many circumstances, pathways, driveways, fences and outbuildings can become stressful issues between neighbours and often come to light when one household embarks on some building or renovations. So for many people, your home is your most valued asset and it's important to understand what your legal boundaries and restrictions are before starting any projects. Accessing the deeds to your house are a good starting point and talk to a solicitor just to make sure. um, So that's the solicitor's top tips. But my own personal top tip is don't be a dick. Always be kind. You never know what's going on for anyone else. And we're all finding this hard. So try to smile. Ask your neighbours how they are. Check in on them if you think they're struggling and offer any help that you can.
1: Ah, you sound like a wonderful neighbour.
0: Oh, I hope so. I try.
1: Well, I have a survivor of the week story for you.
0: Ooh. tell me
1: rare canadian orange lobster is rehomed after chance discovery this was written by sky news on the 7th of october 2020 a rare orange canadian lobster has been rescued and rehomed in a black ball aquarium the one in 30 million and that is something pretty cool you know people go oh you're one in a million But this guy is one in 30 million. The one in 30 million crustacean was spotted by fishmonger Steve in a crate from Canada after it was delivered to a fishmonger's in Fleetwood, Lancashire.
0: Oh my God, so he went all the way from Canada to Fleetwood. I know. Wow. That's a big journey. It is.
1: Steve said it stood out dramatically and he contacted Sea Life Blackpool, Mm. which is where the lobster is now on display. I don't like the word "display." I'm going to no, say where the lobster where now lives. Yeah, Scott, the curator of Sea Life Blackpool, said it's striking and extremely unusual. Orange colour is uh, actually only found in one in thirty million Canadian lobsters.
0: Wow, it's really
1: something special, he says. It's
0: very but rare. For this
1: reason, we've taken care of the lobster. Do oh. you think
0: he'd get on with my fish? Uh,
1: I think your fish. I think your fish would eat him. <laughs> I don't think he would be a one in the million rare lobster for very long <laughs> And I think we should go and visit him when the yes. lockdown's over. can we We sure can I'll drive okay we can go and wave at him.
0: We can so all that's left then Sean
1: Yes, well it's something to say is don't be a nightmare neighbor and keep on keep on surviving. surviving. <laughs>